The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free. I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks, Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Richard. Darren. So here we are picking up on the UFO thread again. Okay, great. Yeah, because I think there's a, there's a kind of an angle here that I wanted to explore, which is Good. that... Um, I think it's fair to say that in spite of, um, you know, a lot of credible whistleblowers coming forward, in spite of decades of disclosure, you know, some of which you've been personally responsible Indeed. for, yeah. um, that there are still a lot of skeptics, you know, skeptics who, even if they accept that they're looking at advanced, you know, evidence of advanced craft, let's put it that way, mm-hmm. you know, advanced technology that not only um, beyond anything that we have, but and, and beyond anything that we plan to build, according mm-hmm. to some whistleblowers, mm. Um, and they'll, but they'll still claim, you know, that it's our own technology in some way. Um, they'll still claim that it's, you know, black ops or black programs away mm-hmm. from the prying eye of Congress, you know, mm. secret budgets, etc. Mm. And, and, but I think one thing we can say is, you know, can these people really claim that the UFO phenomena is a new thing? Because that's what they're implying by saying, you know, that it's these kind of advanced secret yes. government programs, aren't they? Yes, they are. Yeah. So the answer is absolutely not. Mm. Um, and we've talked about it before, but I'm always happy to talk about it again. Mm. Before we do that, I would like to sort of reinforce what you're saying here, because doubt is an energy. Sure, yeah. And I think that was made very clear by the master theorist mm. in his mm. From Free Will to Freedom. Both fear and doubt, things that enter in, he, he calls it enter through a door. I think they're certain they come in through a particular psychic centre, lower centre, and um, or possibly through the solar plexus centre, through the front. Mm-hmm. And then they nobble us, as it were. They sort of imprison us, imprison our mind. And in, in the first freedom, actually, it mentions that you know, fear can imprison your, your mind totally. as well. And um, so I do think some of it is deliberate. Yes, there have been out-and-out deliberate cover-ups, to come to your point. There've been, sure. We know that now. They've lied about it. They've admitted they've lied about it. Governments have withheld information, which is why even now... Um, you talk about scepticism. Some of us are a little bit sceptical about governments now, but only because of experience. <laughs> right, right, right. So there is that, and, and definitely it's happened. I mean, I, I was asked to go on the BBC and review um, uh, a certain things oh, yeah. come out on Netflix, yeah, yeah. and it described an event I remember happening in Wales in 1977 when 450 people in a small part of Wales witnessed both UFOs and aliens, some of them both, some of them one, some of them the other. Not only did they witness, they reported it to Mm -hmm. the Ministry of Defence at the time. And these were ordinary people who didn't want publicity at all. And, in fact, some of them tried to avoid it. I've come across quite a few people who've had UFO experiences, particularly in the older days, who just didn't want it known Mm -hmm. because they got... Ridiculed. Now, some of the people in that Welsh village were called Broadhaven, where this happened, actually got physically assaulted for their beliefs. Oh, that's bad. Gosh. And they were children at the time. Gosh. Um, and so, you know, this is this is goes beyond just like a, a cover up. Mm-hmm. This is an innate disbelieving 
doubt uh, and, and, a, and a desire to make this all sound wacky and uh, not ludicrous when it's the most logical, simple thing of all mm -hmm. and quite natural and, to come to your point, has happened throughout history yeah. in numerous cultures. I even found, when I wrote my book, UFOs and the Extraterrestrial Message, I think an 11th-century Japanese report of what they called a flying earthenware vessel. So even the flying saucer wasn't new to the 20th century. Yeah, interesting, even that yeah. shape. And I mean, yeah, and so just in that example alone is, you know, if, 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 if you believe it, it's like there's no secret government program there, there's no black ops, no CIA, no, there's nothing. Of course not. I mean, the, yeah. the uh, push park of Vimana mm. uh, had amazing capabilities and it flew between what, was, what is now the India, India and Sri Lanka, yeah. according to the Ramayana, mm -hmm. are carrying a large number of people. It seems more like a satellite than a craft. Mm -hmm. and, and then it had to be retrieved by Rama, which I actually believe was his main mission. It's not the main mission attributed to in the Ramayana, by the way. That's just my own view. Uh, the main mission attributed in the Ramayana is to save his wife, Sita, uh, which... No doubt he did, and no doubt he would have done. But I believe the main thing behind the whole uh, story, if you want to call it a story, is a, I actually think it's a historical fact. Now people mm -hmm. call it myth. That's a get-out. You can call something a myth, and then you've immediately got, well, did it happen, didn't yeah. it happen? You, and know, you don't is, need to believe is it. Is it symbolic, yeah. is it, you know, et cetera. Yeah, another, another room for doubt. Sure. Um, yeah, back to but, the point. Yeah, yeah exactly. but, I mean, I, I actually think that... Now, that craft is very sophisticated. The Star of Bethlehem is very sophisticated. Mm. The Book of Ezekiel... I mean, you've got a craft coming down there which gave Ezekiel his instructions for the remainder of his life. I mean, not the craft, somebody who came out of it, sure. who was described in the book of Ezekiel. Um, and, you know, he actually received his brief and carried out his mission of prophecy. And he, he suffered a lot, according to what we can read about in the Bible. I've studied his life, but the only texts we have are the Bible. We think it's around 600 BC. That's, that's what they I think. Okay. I don't think they really know, but that's what they think. But it was all predicated on a UFO sighting and an alien encounter. It's just they don't call it that. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it, yeah, you're right, because when you look through the Bible, if you are looking with these lenses, you can see it all kind of pop out to you. And yeah. you go, wow, it's all over the place. I it's mean, all, I mean, the yeah. Greek legends. Mm. You know, what is Pegasus? Mm. A flying horse? No. Mm. But a horse was a means of transport. Yeah. So and I think it's actually it, probably a yeah. better description than a flying saucer mm. or a tic-tac, yeah. which is what we get in a piece of peppermint. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, if I just look, you know, in the, in the Bible at least, you know, UFO described as a flying scroll, uh, described as a cloud or pillar of cloud or pillar yeah. of fire. Yeah. You mentioned the Star of Bethlehem, mm -hmm. of course. I mean, then a, a wheel in the middle of a wheel or a whirlwind. I mean, there are all these terms that are used, but, I mean, yeah. they're clearly referring to an extraterrestrial craft. Right. And the beings through, that yeah. have come out, get, come out of them and speak to them, as you Yeah, described. I mean, and actually the Hindu scripts, I think, are superior mm. in that they actually have a word, vimana, a Sanskrit word meaning flying celestial Even vehicle. More compelling. And they go. describe yeah. them in the most beautiful terms. Mm. And they are travelled in, I believe, by Sri Krishna in the Mahabharata. I'd have to mm. check my facts. I give some examples in my book and in contacts with with the gods from space, mm -hmm. there's some examples, and many others have too. I mean, there's whole books on Vimanas uh, and, and UFOs, I think. 
um, it, you'll find it very readily. And, but, it, you know, you'll also get it in ships' logs. You'll get great sightings in monastic records in the Middle Ages. I see, I see. It, this I see, isn't, yeah. you know, yeah. they, they're looking up, they might call it a, a, a ship flying through the sky. Mm. Again, I think that's better than a cigar, which is what we got a lot in the 20th century. Mm. I had a cigar-shaped sighting. My first big sighting was a cigar-shaped object. Actually, this sighting in Wales was a cigar-shaped yeah, object. That's right. But yeah. that's just a description of a, mm. of a long craft. Mm. So a, lo a lot of monks running out in Germany, for example, I think it was Germany, certainly in Europe, uh, and, and describing seeing a, a ship flying through the air, no different. Yeah. Yeah, totally. This is this is gone, go, goes way back, and they have capabilities. The whole idea they have something to do with our technology is absurd anyway. And I, I think even U.S. Navy people and uh, intelligence officers in America and others have, have absolutely ridiculed that mm -hmm. because they have capabilities which involve mind reading. Mm. They know when someone's about to push a weapon control panel to send a missile in their direction and they'll disable the weapons control panel. This is not science fiction. This is CIA documents, which yeah. I brought to this country. Mm -hmm. And that kind of thing has happened recently. It's starting to come out now. There is scepticism among some of us about how much of it ever will come out. True. There's a new, quite recent piece of legislation going through, I think, the Senate, mm -hmm. which is going to require disclosure but it's still subject to a review board appointed by the president. So there's always this room for, well, it you know, could affect our intelligence, in our defence, national security, yeah. and they have this out. Well, I think one interesting, you know, just, just into that topic a little bit, you know, we saw in the hearing a, a couple of months ago, a few months ago now, that it was clear that there were other sort of actors within government who didn't want a lot of this information Yes, to come there's out. a dispute, we believe, yeah. going And, yeah. uh, you know, that's why there are whistleblowers, because they're blowing the whistle on something that's happening yeah. that is not receiving congressional oversight or, or you know, is, is not out in the open in terms of any, you know, technology that they may be working on. Yeah, and all the while you have this supine inadequacy this total intellectual paralysis mm. of the British government on the topic. Yeah, yeah. They, they <laughs> sit, I mean, they don't... Pretty devastating assessment. They <laughs> have nailed, what is it, they've, they've nailed their colours to the fence. OK, yeah. Uh, that's not original, by the way. <laughs> yeah. But they're sitting firmly on the fence. They, they're not denying it, they're not admitting it, and yet we know they've cooperated with the American government on mm. this issue, this mm. year, mm. 2023, um, and, and the Russians have a, a programme, just as the Pentagon does. The Chinese do. Um, some people, it comes out, you know, something slips out. The head of the space agency, I think, in Israel came out and admitted that they know, they know about uh, alien intelligences and they're, they're hoping to cooperate with them. Sometimes these top-level figures, as an intelligence officer, of course, in America, uh, who has come out and said you know, that they've retrieved craft, they've retrieved even biologics, mm -hmm. that, you know, in Mussolini's period there was a craft retrieved and the, the Pope was even involved, which tallies with a theorist-study teaching, by the way. Oh, they've because been it, Yes, mm. that, that's in... So this is not... No, you're absolutely right. This has got nothing to do with our current technology. It's way beyond our current technology. And one of the most senior witnesses, David Fravor... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. told Congress that 
this is a physics beyond anything we have on Earth. Yeah, and I think even in the most skeptical of these people that we're talking about here who think, well, they might have reverse engineered something from the craft they've recovered in over the last 60 years or so, the bottom line is that we're still talking about sightings that were thousands of years ago in some cases, um, which in which in which time there was not any of these reverse engineering programs at all. Of course. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. you know, even if they account for some fraction of it, yeah. let's, just, let's just moot that as a possibility. Yeah. It's not possible that it explains any of the things that we've seen in the past. You know, and yeah. it's all designed, by the way, all of this, I believe, is designed to lead people to watch the Spiritual Freedom Show <laughs> and, <laughs> for other, the truth about and <laughs> other outlets yeah. for cosmic truth. Yeah. Actually, That's I, a, a serious, yeah. it might sound comical, but it's a serious point. Mm. All of this, because what they're giving governments, and they know the motives of governments better than the governments know themselves, yeah. these intelligences. Yeah. They're giving all these... It's more than clues. They're giving evidence. They're giving proof of this, proof of that. And they're giving... We don't hear about the millions of civilian reports over the years totally. as well. Yeah. Uh, we only hear about the, the military ones. Yeah. Uh, all this is being given to people. I mean, the people, just to, to come back to this thing I had to talk on the BBC about, in Wales... I mean, they were ordinary people. They weren't the kind of... They had no interest. They didn't want to be ridiculed. They were even saying, don't tell anybody I saw this sure. because I don't want people to laugh at me. <clears throat> and uh, so it's, they had no vested interest in this. And that isn't untypical. I mean, the sighting I had in, in Hull was seen by hundreds of people in the same period in the 70s. Um, so, you know, this is goes way back, goes way ac across. But it, all of it, it doesn't... It, it, it's very clever, it's a very subtle plan to say we are here, it's obvious they're here, people absolutely know and most people now believe in alien life. They didn't. Mm, uh, I remember true. doing an interview with a man called Patrick Moore back in the 1980s who didn't believe there was any life out beyond Earth. Wow. What a... A ridiculous belief to hold, actually, mm. by one anybody, mm. because how would you possibly know? Yes. But people are willing to believe things. Like now, they're absolutely sure that unless there's life as we know it on an exoplanet somewhere that's got a habitable zone, as they call it, which means habitable to us, mm -hmm. there's no life. Yes. How could they possibly know? There isn't a life form of a totally different nature adapted, totally. even on the physical level, never totally. mind the multidimensional level. Totally. So it's these arrogant assumptions that creep in and govern. And, you know, if you want, as I say at the beginning, if you, if you are fed by the energy of doubt, you'll be looking, you'll be actively looking for reasons to disbelieve. And there are people out there, and I could name them, who are going round trying to discredit UFO and alien encounters. Now, yeah. why would somebody be motivated to do that mm. without offering an alternative? Mm -hmm. I mean, we will sometimes discredit some claims. We, we usually don't name any names, but mm -hmm. we will do that in order to educate, to guide people to the truthful ones. Absolutely. But they aren't doing that. They're trying for some blanket, reason, it? you know. I, I was once asked to give a talk by the... There's a Skeptics Society in the UK. Oh, yeah. And I, I haven't yet done it. But they, I did say, well, I, I will do it if I can choose the title. They said, what title would you like to speak about? And I said, I'd like to speak about the flaws in scepticism. 
<laughs> I'm assuming and, they didn't. And they didn't book me. <laughs> no, they didn't book you. Yeah. Yeah. But going back to this connection between spirituality and UFO, because I think that's the point, as you say, right? That's that's what there's you know these clues, these evidence that they're giving is to is to inspire people to look for the truth about UFOs and particularly yeah. why they're here, their message, who's actually yeah. inside of them, controlling them, etc. And I, I thought it's interesting that you know religious texts tend to be these exceptional records of UFOs. Mm -hmm. I mean, as we talked about the Bible and the Vedas. I mean, um, but even in like I think all the Buddhist scripts, they talk about you know yep. beliefs in which they you know they believe in life on highest. They talk about lokas, lokas, the Buddhists, right, yeah, uh, which are realms of planetary mm -hmm. realms, and they're very open. I mean, theosophy is open to life on other planets, mm -hmm. by the way, more recently, mm -hmm. and so are some Native uh, American traditions and, and Egypt and it, it is very very wide across the board I'm sure cultures I've never even studied I'm sure you will find it there if you do yeah because one of the things that we talk about of course is um, what we call avatars coming from other indeed. worlds indeed uh, and helping to inspire spiritual truth mm -hmm. or teaching or even mm -hmm. religions on earth Do you want to talk a little bit about that well there are many there? yes certainly yeah. I mean there are many religions that, that talk about divine incarnations mm. of one kind or another and so in Christianity obviously it's Jesus uh, and they certainly, an avatar is a Hindu term for a divine incarnation, mm. which would include Sri Krishna, would include Rama. Very interesting, the Ramayana, actually, in that regard, because you have some of the um, fellow gods, as it were, okay. of Rama, who, haven't, who are not incarnate, commenting on, on his behaviour okay, um, yeah. and trying to understand why he's... You know, that, in a, yeah. Which is very re resonant for me, having been so close to Dr George King. Mm. And, you know, he had to explain, he told me a couple of things once to Cosmic Master as to why we do certain things. And, and he said it even educated them. Wow. Uh -huh. into because he was here about and, life on earth yeah and there's an extremely interesting encounter in a book he wrote called contact with the lord of karma mm -hmm. but it starts with an encounter with uh, an, another intelligence who's who, who's around earth called adept number nine okay who, who's new to the earth and he is showing him his residence in santa barbara where he lived at there he was an elderly dr king was in frail health by then but uh, he was sort of showing him around and being asked questions. Another one I do remember, he had an encounter with uh, an intelligence from, actually, a, uh, it's unusual, this, a planet outside this solar system who came to visit him in Los Angeles in 1966. Mm -hmm. I remember, but one of the things that always struck me, there's many things that struck me, but one of them was he showed this visiting intelligence some of the films he had that he would watch on television and uh, I don't know what form they would have been in then or maybe he just described watching films and told and, and, and the intelligence asked him what are they about this isn't the exact words and and he said well they're fiction and this intelligence said, well, what is fiction <laughs> and this, they didn't have fiction no, they saw no need for fiction gosh they had enough truth to to and historical records wow. to provide all the education. And I suppose, I'm saying this maybe, if, if they had such things as entertainment, they needed that as well. Wow, amazing. So, I mean, Dr. King, as you say, they're one example, but the Master Jesus, the Lord Buddha, 
Rama, yeah. other beings who've actually come say, from other planets. And, and Moses, mm. clearly, I mean, mm. the parting of the Red Sea, I know some people now try, they try to re-explain these things, yeah, don't they? Sure. The, some, but, I mean, that, that would be done by cosmic intervention, for sure. Mm. And there were many UFOs seen around... Um, you know, the burning bushes and incident, but there were many UFOs, craft, lights that were behaving as light, you know, stars that were behaving as stars don't behave, clouds that are behaving as clouds don't behave, sure. in that yeah. you can't travel in a cloud, and he mm -hmm. did up mm -hmm. Mount Sinai, we're told. Yeah. Um, you know, this, this was a clear case of a, an avatar working very directly with cosmic intelligences. And I think that's, that's the kind of the... The point there, isn't it, is that, you know, we, we, when we look at UFOs, really, it's not just about the craft, as you say. I no. mean, that's that's part of the clue, that's part of the evidence. Mm. But why are they here? What's their message? Mm. And what we what we see in avatars who've come to Earth from other planets is actually people who have who have a reason to be here, a mission to be mm. here. One of which may be to give us spiritual truth and, and teaching mm. um, that we need. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think this is also the link up. Because some people sometimes ask us this between UFOs and psychic powers. What, oh, interesting. You know, okay, what, yeah. what, what's, you know, why are you into UFOs and psychic yeah. powers that yeah. you have been asked a few times? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there is a massive link up because on this earth, if you have clairvoyance, you'll, you can see intelligences. And if you have clairvoyance, you can hear intelligence. Mm -hmm. And you do have to be careful there. Just a little warning sure. about imagination hearing voices and you, you know there's mm -hmm. a whole discussion about schizophrenia and so on but yeah. if it's a genuine contact with somebody from this earth nothing to do with aliens at all you're using your psychic powers to register higher spheres of existence higher planes and if you can practice astral projection or even if you have an out-of-body experience just quite naturally where you go to another level and you might as many people have claimed meet um, a relative who's died, who gives you a lot of information. Sure. Uh, and it's not a dream. Mm. It's an absolute interaction between you and them, um, which, and the information can be very true and accurate. Mm. All those things, through your psychic powers, you're becoming aware, one way or another, of higher spheres of existence. Mm. And that's the key to understanding life on other planets, by the way. Yeah. Because, you know, there is life on Mars, there is life on Venus, there is life on Jupiter, there is life on Saturn. I believe there's a wonderful relationship, if you can use that word, between those intelligences and their planets. Yeah. That might sound very strange to mm. some people. Uh, that's what we need here. Yeah. A wonderful reverence, uh, an interrelationship as far as we are permitted to have one with the Mother Earth. Mm. Not just for our children and our grandchildren to continue this materialistic existence, which is the motive of a lot of ecologists, but for the earth, mm. with the earth. And they do. And they, there is life even, even on the sun. And the intelligences on the sun, and if you doubt, read about them <laughs> in the nine freedoms. <laughs> The ninth freedom is, is about the intelligences on the sun. They are so amalgamated with their master, which is the sun, mm, actual, that they become virtually a part of it. They are, I think, described as its rays or its radiations yeah. themselves. Yeah. And that is the, that's what these intelligences are aware of. I'm absolutely 100% sure of that, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, they are totally focused on their planetary logos, um, and they travel, though, widely. And when they travel, 
they travel as part of their evolution. Mm -hmm. So that makes it not only a physical and time-based, possibly time-changing journey, but also a karmic journey. Mm, that's beautiful. And what, what a deep insight into the way that they actually live. Mm. And I totally agree with you, this connection between psychic powers and, and, and UFOs is a real key. Because mm. if we can start to appreciate life not just on this realm but on others and see that there are civilizations on these other planets on higher realms, then we begin to really understand the, the secret of the universe in which, in which we live. True, Darren. True, Darren. Thank you very much. Thank you. Everybody, it's Darren here. Thanks for tuning into the show. Now, if you enjoyed that episode, don't forget to subscribe for more wisdom from the Nine Freedoms. If you'd like to find out more about the Nine Freedoms, about Mars Sector 6 by Dr. George King, go to our website, that's ethereus.org. Richard and I love hearing from you, receiving your comments, your questions, on your spiritual experiences, and talking about them on the show. So do write to us, share them with us at spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. Always remember that service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. See you next time. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.